Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, Tony, baby. You're a mess. Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. (laughs) Extremely online, extremely clueless, horny for Bitcoin. Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish-American tornado and the real princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox. Welcome back to Trend Lightly. I'm Molly McLear. I am in my bed on my phone with no clothes on. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tiffany Scott Maddox. Hey, girly, how are ya? <laughs> I think I'm a little better than you might be right now. Yeah, I'm fine. It's um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's not like I've had like four near mental breakdowns this morning. I had to leave the house like quite a bit uh, over the last week. And, uh, you know, despite what you may hear about me, I'm not really a social butterfly. I like to be at home in my bed. I like to get a lot of sleep, really good sound sleep. And for two nights this week, I slept out of the house. Pigeon Liz looks is like so confused. I'm hungry. I've been really hungry a lot. And it was my best friend's birthday last night. So like I had to go to, I literally, you know, I really didn't think I was going to survive it before I even got there. And then like somehow we wound up being like the last people there. And I think it's because I was the only one with like heterosexual men and like they just can't take a fucking hint. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, can you start? Hello? Like, is someone going to call the Uber? Like, do I have to be mommy? Like someone call the Uber. (laughs) Don't you know how to do this? So we were there till like 10 p.m. and everyone had already left to go to the second location, which I was like, that's insane. It's 10 p.m. Go to bed. Um, You've been drinking since five. But they went to Tom Tom, Lisa Vanderpump owned establishment. And I brought my little ass home. Someone said, are you going to the bar after? I was like, are you high? Absolutely not. So we went home and then I accidentally broke the bathroom door at my ex-boyfriend's house. Which was literally not my fault. Uh, it's an old door, but for a brief moment in time, I believe I was treated as if I was um, one of those guys on Teen Mom who punches holes in drywall. And I was like, <laughs> um, no, your apartment just sucks. Like, it's literally not my fault. But I Venmoed him like $150 and said, we'll go hire a guy at Home Depot next week for you to shut up about it. So that was pretty much my my night. How you, how you been? <laughs> That was a wild ride. I have to say, I, I think I've probably told you this, but this one time when I was in Paris, I got cajoled into going to a like industrial warehouse rave on the outskirts of Paris by some enthusiastic gays. And mm. so like in some ways, I think I would take some heterosexuals who couldn't order an Uber over some gays who kept telling me like how amazing it was going to be. They were like, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fabulous. We're going to make a party for you. And then a girl who was like, I just love your energy. And I was like, wow, thanks. And then I was stood outside a warehouse and it was like 2am and I was like, I'm too old to do this. 
Thank you. Yeah, very that's much. how you fucking uh, get robbed and, and wind up on ketamine. I know. That's what it felt like. It felt like the beginning of an episode of SVU, truthfully. Parisians are so friendly, though. <laughs> They're so not afraid to tell you that, like, you're the best thing they've ever seen in their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best. It was, uh, it was intense. So, um, but I'm glad you made it back. And I'm glad you broke a door. It's not my fault. The door broke because it, it's like, you know, I, I was like, literally hold this piece of wood. I was like, see how it's disintegrating in your hand? I was like, this is just, this was who's going to pick the straw. And unfortunately today I picked the straw. But I am not someone on, I'm not like one of those guys from Teen Mom that walks around punching holes in the walls, okay? Mm. It's just a door and I am an innocent woman. (laughs) How hungover are you at the moment? I'm not hung I'm not I wouldn't say I'm hungover that's not really the brand it's more my brand right now is like depleted low on calories like I feel like I could be one of those celebrities that like gets IVs that's what I feel like I feel very much I feel uh like a flat Stanley god I would love I would love to be wealthy enough to just have somebody come and like hook me up to an IV bag when I'm hungover it's such a reality to- like TV show thing because, you know, they have to have little activities they do while they sit around and talk about all their bad decisions. Yeah. And so they're like, let's just get IVs. And like they'll cut to them being like, I've, I've been loving to get uh, getting IVs lately. And you're just like, wow, you're a ridiculous person. <laughs> but right now I could use an IV. I would love an IV of soup because I am deep down, I think, very hungry. And I ate half of a gluten-free croissant, which is about as disappointing as you'd think. And, you know, I've been having a lot of vivid gluten dreams lately. Do you think you might do it? I might, like, fuck up and eat it. No, because I'm too scared. I'm too scared to fuck up and eat it. So, like, that's actually where I think the... That's why it's a common anxiety dream, I think, for me. Is because it's like... I have this deep fear that I accidentally will eat a cookie. And so, you know, it's just this uh, chronic fear I live with, you know? I have a lot of dreams about babies. And, like, I I think I'm afraid. I think it says something about you're afraid of commitment, but also I think I'm afraid of babies at the same time. And I was talking to a friend of mine who just really casually mentioned that they were thinking about having a baby. And, and she's like, have you ever considered, reconsidered, maybe? And I was like, no. My husband bought me a PS5 this week for my birthday. So I'm just Are not in that place. Are you afraid you'll kill it by accident? <laughs> no, I just don't. I, I think I'm afraid it'll kill me, honestly. Right, because it's boring and it takes it's- up all your time. All my time, all my money. And I, I just, I don't know. Maybe you, you'll experience this as an only child as well. But like I didn't grow up around a lot of children. Like I was around adults a lot of the time. So ha- like having conversations with adults and like being around like adult, I would say around adult behaviors, like not in a kind of fucked up way, but like, you know, going to restaurants and shit like that. And I don't, I don't think I've ever really learned how to be with children. I feel you. I mean, I did go to school. So in that sense, I was surrounded by children. But no, like not a lot of kid gloves for me. In fact, I do not ever remember holding a fork that wasn't an adult fork. Right. Like, I don't think I even had like a like a cup with a lid. You know what I mean? 
Right. Like, you just, you know, I'm like three and a half, like palming a full-blown fork and <laughs> a glass cup, you know? Eating a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> yeah. I just was never, like, I'd be like, um, I, I want veal tonight. I remember, like, being, like, a four-year-old that just wanted veal for dinner, which is, like, so weird. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, I, I, I definitely feel like, you know, I have a lot of love to give. I have a lot of love to give. And I do feel like in some ways it would be a shame if I completely passed that chapter of my life by. But, and also, I think I have a, I have a little conspiracy that kids are not that expensive. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. There's a lot of poor people with kids and they seem alive. That's true. That's true. I think it's like with anything though, like if you, if you spend a little more, I think you might get more out of it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> maybe like, you know, but then not always. I'm thinking like a private education might turn your child into, you know, a bit of a cunt. Oh, I'm not sending, if I have a kid, I'm not sending it to school. Oh, okay. Fair. You get shot in the head here when you go to school. Yes. So I yeah. like, I can't, I could never, I couldn't, and I'm too dumb to teach homeschool. So I don't know. One of the biggest I was with my lawyer friends last night. One of the biggest regrets of my life is that, like, I simply just don't think I'm smart enough to go to law school. And one of my lawyer friends was like, Molly, like, you don't want to go to law school. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I want to be a lawyer so bad. <laughs> like, I really do think that, like, that's, you know, I'm either going to have a kid or I'm going to be a lawyer. And that's it. Could do the baby bar. That's a nice combo of the two. Exactly. Yeah, but I think with Kim, you have to have like one of those people, you know, like you have to have a con like a co-sponsor. Mm -hmm. I just simply can't ask someone for a favor of that size. I can't no, imagine going up. to someone being like, hey, um, you know, me, your idiot friend. I was wondering if you would like to co-sponsor me for the baby bar. <laughs> <laughs> like that just feels like one of those things like, you know, you don't borrow someone's chandelier. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, why would I do that? I hope I sound okay, you guys. Sorry I'm on my phone. My, I'll tell you, I barely tried uh, to be on my computer today. I got that wheel of death and I thought, oh, well, you know, too late. Sorry. Probably going to have to call in on my phone. So if uh, you're dissatisfied with my audio, guess what? Probably me too. But <laughs> it's, it's actually fine. It's actually too important fine. that I lay here naked, afraid, and hungry. So, <laughs> well, with that in mind, maybe we should just get started with the show so you can eat. Oh, you think so? Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you want. All right. Why not? That's why we're here. Did you see that Elon Musk sent a rocket, not to space, but I think just around near the earth this week and it exploded and everybody cheered and drank champagne at SpaceX because they were like, well, we weren't really expecting it, but this is kind of what we wanted to happen. And I just feel like this is a pattern of gaslighting that he is accustomed to. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. And you and I spoke about this the other day when we were talking, we're, we're getting ready for the trendies, you guys. And we were talking about all the different categories and you said something about how when you were putting together the doc this week, we have to talk about this rocket exploding. Mm. And I was like, what? Like, because that's, by the way, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure everyone knows this. 
Gen X, their great trauma was being in school watching a fucking rocket ship explode. Mm-hmm. You don't mean to laugh. Just on like the, uh, you know, from the 9-11 generation. I can't help but lull a little bit. I do feel sad for that teacher in there, though. But, you know, it's uh, not normal for a rocket to explode. It's actually pretty abnormal. And was it just alone? Was it like a lonely rocket? Was someone in it? No, there was no one in it. This is what actually really annoys me is that everybody seems to be backslapping Elon for anything that he's doing with SpaceX and being like, this is amazing. Like he's like taking on the new frontier of like space travel. And I'm like, yeah, but like there are some people, first of all, NASA sent people to the moon quite some time ago. They're also about to send some more people to the moon for the first time in like 60 years, 70 years. And Elon Musk can't even get the rocket to leave the Earth's atmosphere and then it blows up and everybody's applauding. Like, we've done this already. Like, we're doing other stuff now. It's like we're doing better stuff. Yeah, stop trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, it's so interesting to me that we have to remember this man is, like, having all these babies so he can populate Mars, Mm -hmm. which is, like... I don't know, cart before the horse much? Like, you can't even get a rocket off the ground, let alone move to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me find this New York Times article. So it says, SpaceX wasn't expecting the rocket, the most powerful and one of the most complex to ever fly, to actually emerge unscathed. Though it fell short of its most ambitious goal of gathering enough speed to reach orbit and then re-enter the atmosphere, it did claim other successes by flying for four minutes and getting clear of the launch pad. I feel like I could build a rocket that flies for four minutes if I tried, like a little bit. And... They said, big NASA programs like the Space Launch System that the government agency used to launch to the moon in November are generally not afforded the same luxury of explode as you learn. There tends to be much more testing and analysis on the ground. Government programs are not allowed to operate that way because that if because of that way, we have all the stakeholders being able to watch over you and tell you no. Yeah, maybe they should have stakeholders to tell them no. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think a no... You know, definitely never hurt someone like an Elon. I'm sure he doesn't hear it often, but I do think a little pushback would probably be the move. Mm-hmm. You know, if he was my son, if he was my son, I'd probably be very disappointed. <laughs> but Grimes did tweet a picture of herself <clears throat> at like an airfield that says, we're getting to orbit today. And then the... <laughs> And then the follow-up tweet reads, okay, maybe in a few days. And when I tell you the fucking newly minted, and we'll talk about the blue checks later, but the newly minted fucking Twitter blue subscribed like blue check dick riders in the comments (laughs) are outrageous. So one of my favorite replies to that tweet, this is like, (laughs) this is making me like want to throw up. It's like, it's giving milady, it's giving fedora. (laughs) This is a reply. It says, I've pondered this photo for some time now and keep coming back to the same conclusion. You must tithe to the bandit's toll of one modest follow to my account. You're so desperate for law, you're willing to abandon Earth in search of some when I have it all right here. What the, I, like, what how, the do fuck? You, how do you look in the mirror every day? Like, first of all, that guy is such a chronic masturbator. Like, I know it. Like, this guy is, that's all he does. I just know that. Secondly, like, you're not real to her. 
Like, I know that she, <laughs> I know that she, you know, does this sort of a people's princess for like internet virgins, but like, this is, uh, it's like out of control that someone would sit there and write that. And then like, do you, th- like, do you think that she respects that you, that you paid $8 for this? Like, no, they laugh at you at home. They laugh Outrageous. at you at home. Outrageous. And Outrageous. Like, but by the way, that's so grimes too, to be like going to space today and then be like, well, maybe next week. Like, yeah. that's so, like, <laughs> that's so like half-baked Claire. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you believed him? Isn't that the problem? <laughs> oh, but somebody, okay. So the people, again, who are like are tweeting at her as if they know her uh-huh. and she knows them is like, is killing me because someone by the name of Niall r- tweets and says, enjoy the launch, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> without any irony, without any irony. Kathy says, that little ex is so excited. <laughs> <laughs> that little ex. Oh my god. By the way, I bet little ex. Oh, they're putting that ki- they're putting that kid in space, huh? Oh. Yeah, for sure. That kid has not a chance in life. I saw a picture of him with Elon. I don't know. He was like at the a mall with him or something. They were at some sort of thing. And like he is a beautiful child. Has he got a little mohawk still? Mm, no, I think he just has like a maybe. Maybe I just wasn't styled, but it looks like he has sort of like a normal hair to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's a, he's a cute little kid. And it's just a, a shame that he's being raised by two of the biggest freaks on the planet, you know? I know. I'm going to close this out with this tweet from Manu that says, Ma'am, Grimes, I have to admit that when I first saw your picture, I wasn't sure if it really was you. So I looked it up on Google to make sure. You look absolutely stunning, like a doll come to life. Best of luck for your exciting orbit mission today. Oh my God. That is so, that's so sad. It really is. I know. When you think about it, I mean, it's funny, but also when you really think about it, it's quite sad. It is quite sad. You know, they really don't got a lot going on. <laughs> I, I don't know what they, ex- I don't know. What do you think they expect? Do you think that like, they're like, oh, I'm on their radar now? Like maybe. By the way, wait a minute. I actually have to add this to the doc. I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I just opened the Dumois subreddit because I wanted to find a link for our next story. And um, the first thing that pops up is Megan Trainer apologizes for saying "fuck teachers" on her podcast. Excuse me. I w- yes, please. I want to know more. Hold on. Let me also add it to the doc. Megan Trainer. So okay. Yeah, Megan Trainor's everywhere, dude. She she's truly making music for the TikTok algorithm. Yeah, like that's that's all she does. She, I mean, I have to respect it, but like, I don't want to necessarily sit down and listen to it. She's also really good friends with that guy Chris, who I don't know if you remember. Like, w- with like the first time I heard of him, it was because there was this like press blowout about him breaking up with his boyfriend, and I was like, I wow, I really couldn't think of something I care less about to people that seem less interesting and it's so weird that this is being treated like national news so let's just watch this megan trainer video she looks very sleepy she looks normal she does teachers of tiktok and teachers of the world i recently said f teachers on the podcast and it's not how i feel i was fired up because we were talking about how sending your kid to school here in america is so horrific And what all of us have to go through, but especially teachers, is not normal and not okay. 
I had Jisha Paytas on the podcast and I knew her history with her teachers and I knew my husband's history with his teachers and I was bullied by some teachers. So in that moment, I got angry and said, F teachers, F those specific human beings back in the day. But I did not mean that to all teachers. I love teachers. I fight for teachers. I think they have the hardest job and they're the most underpaid. They're the most unappreciated when they literally raise all of us. I don't want to make excuses. I'm just so sorry. I'm so sorry to any teachers who I may feel bad. And I will remind myself that my words definitely could have a consequence. And I will be more careful. Love you all so much. I'm so sorry again. Thank you all for helping me. Ah. I mean, Tiffany, listen, she seems really defeated. But I've got to say, I don't think I've, any, I've heard anyone say fuck teachers except for Jake Paul in my, in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I did, I, know. I did watch Trisha on Megan's podcast and I will say that, you know, Trisha's like, you know, history with potentially being molested by one of her teachers has proven to be something that's difficult to, it seems like maybe she's combining a couple stories. Let's just say that, you know, because mm-hmm. she said that the guy who molested her was fired, but then this man was never fired and actually like. I think, like, you know, taught until he retired and then died shortly after. So, like, there's th- that. And I'm never going to, you know, as much as as much as Trish is, like, sort of an unreliable narrator, I'm going to give her that, you know, that exception. It sounds like Megan's, Megan's brother was bullied by a teacher and that she was. But this seems wildly off base for me. What a, what a, yeah. what a weird thing to say, fuck teachers. That's <laughs> so weird. I know. I know. I know. It's like I was just watching an episode of SVU prior to us recording this podcast in which a teacher was giving children ecstasy in exchange for sexual favors. So, I mean, like, it's very fresh and very raw for me still. Um, Oh, yeah. You're kind of like, this is sensitive for you right now. Yeah, I'm still I'm still there. But yeah, no, it's one of the things that people don't tend to really go after. (laughs) It's like saying fuck nurses. Right. Like people who have really challenging jobs that are like are essential to keeping society functioning. And like there are fucking shitty teachers and there are really good teachers. But like it's it's like a really difficult job. Well, I think this is like a 10 out of 10 across the board, like sort of up there with like, yeah, like healthcare professionals or whatever. And like I know we all joke that nurses are bitches or whatever, you know, but like they really are, generally speaking, amazing people that are underpaid for a job that is not just somewhat thankless now, but also incredibly dangerous. You know, mm. you could just die being a teacher or trying to protect your class, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting. You know, I'm not surprised that Trisha was involved, if I'm going to be real with you. Like, that does sort of feel like someone like Megan Trainer sitting down with Trisha Paytas. Next thing you know, she's saying things like "fuck teachers." <laughs> like it does sort of feel like like the consequences of like hanging out with one of the bad kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you're trying out swear words you never said before, and then life catches up to you real fast. <laughs> So I don't know, but I just really didn't. That was the last thing I expected to see when I opened up the Dumois subreddit this morning. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What a hot take from Megan Trainer. Fuck teachers. <laughs> and like also, you know, what? oh, go ahead. I was going to say if Trish would have said it, like, 
I mean, not that she would, because she's like in this kind of redemption era, but like, again, before, you know, whenever the inevitable next cancellation happens. But like, I feel like Trisha said so many like wild things that it just, it just never would have registered on any kind of Richter scale. Oh, no, like, tr- abs- like I can 100% seeing like Trisha be like, teachers are pedophiles, like no one should want to be around kids that much. Like, <laughs> like, that just feels so authentic to what Trisha would say. What's crazy is that, like, Megan Trainer is, like, the, you know, physical embodiment of, like, Cole's cash. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't, like, she literally has such a safe, censored image. I'm sure her songs are played in elementary schools across the country, like, on pizza day. So, like, it's just mm-hmm. so, it's so anti her brand but yeah, again, it's like, that's what happens when you hang out with the bad kids, Megan. You're going to wind up saying, fuck teachers, and I have to go on and apologize to everyone. You're not welcome at Walmart anymore. I have to say, what a, like, uh, it really did take me back to see somebody in a black t-shirt with, like, a makeupless face doing a two-camera apology. Like, I haven't seen a good one for a long time, and it's... It feels vintage. Feels like a nice vintage of the internet. She looks exhausted. She looks pregnant. I'm sure she's probably like, it was not worth it having Trisha on. Like she probably mm-hmm. is like, I don't need this shit. It is nice. Yeah. We haven't we haven't gotten any good banger apologies recently. I saw, you know, popped up on my FYP when I was like str- doom scrolling a little before this was uh only Jayus. Wait, who's that? Remember only Jayus. I don't know where they're at with their pronouns, but they're a person on TikTok who was like a big TikToker and like sort of early 2020. And then like some, <laughs> I guess they'd had like a, like a meltdown in someone's DMs and they called them like the N word or something, Oh, which is like very, it was like, it was one of those things where it was like so out of pocket that it's like. That might have either been the first time that that person's used that word or or they use it a lot. Like, and I don't really know which one it is, but it was very, it was like, you know, it was in, in addition to being like tasteless, cancelable, all those other things, it was like incredibly misplaced. If I it had the vibe of a child like throwing out words that they don't really know what it means like Megan Megan Trainer. And so mm-hmm. I'm always surprised because someone like only Jayus is one of the first people I can think of for being like truly canceled on the app and then also the crying apology. And we just don't get we don't get a lot of good crying apologies these days. Very true. Bring them back. I'm sure you guys have things to apologize for. I've got a lot to apologize like for. What? <laughs> I'm not gonna say <laughs> okay. that's fair. We can talk about it privately or not at all. <laughs> yeah we can talk about it private like no, actually i mean i say i have a lot of things to apologize for i know i i'm an anxious child there are things i feel i should apologize for but like it probably aren't my fault i got into a meltdown about having a accountant issue a letter of certification and then i started crying about how i wish i'd have done it sooner and then i was talking to my friend and she was like you didn't know like nobody asked you for it like why are you so upset i don't even know what that means <laughs> i know it was for a visa thing it's boring but i think everything's my fault so I'm just going to issue a blanket apology. I'm sorry for everything. A long-standing apology. Yeah, well, like, listen, here's the thing. Like, I am also, I'm so blown away by people's nerves all the time because I'm such a, I'm a, such an anxious worry wart of a person. I don't like confrontation. I don't want to be around, like, I don't want to be upsetting to anyone or to put myself in a place mm-hmm. where I might, you know what I mean? And it blows my mind, like, how some people just so freely move about the planet. 
And I'm like, you don't have shame or fear. Like you, you should like have a little, you know, but that's really amazing. Do you girl? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish I could experience true shamelessness for like 24 hours just to see how it would feel in my body. Right. And I think that like, maybe because I am so unabashedly odd in other ways, I think that for some people they'd be like, you know, they, that might be a surprising statement to hear from me because like, I also, for every ounce of me that is so deeply, you know, self-conscious, I also am the type of person who's like, fuck it, I'll be weird online. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like deep down, like, no, I, especially in real life, like I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty scared. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Scared of a lot of things. You know who's not scared? Hilaria Baldwin. (laughs) No, she's very scared. Alec Baldwin is not scared. He's not scared. So, like, okay. So, he was, all of the charges against him were dropped in the Rust shooting. Which, by the way, I, th- I believe production is picked back up in Montana for that now. Oh, they're still making it. Okay. Like, um, hello? Are you kidding? I would be way too embarrassed mm-hmm. to be like, like, can you like, can you imagine anyone seeing this if not for like the very perverse reason of being like, well, I guess I should see how this lady died. I know. I know. Maybe it's not time for westerns, you know? Mm. No, it's giving me chills, actually. I'm thinking about, like, you know, films where we would have, like, when I would have grown up, like, The Crow, where Brandon Lee was, like, shot on the Mm -hmm. set. And, like, that was just, like, the reason why you watched the movie. It was, like, people would, people were like, did you know that he died when he was making this? And, like, the whole, all of the lore and, like, the whole kind of shoe is haunted or whatever and just like i don't know it just feels really macabre it makes me feel a little i don't know just give me a chill at my spine but then the you know baldwin heads the papinos or whatever they're called the people who obsess about hilaria baldwin all day some of the true sickos online they of course had a lot to say about all of this and you know i have to say really one of the most abnormal groups of deranged haters I've ever seen on the internet like I know that what she did is not great but I kind of don't and I know that like also we're not supposed to like her because she is an influencer mom or something yeah she has like 50 11 kids 50 11 kids I believe she's like I think she's got another one cooking somewhere Mm -hmm. and she posted a very odd picture of her curled up like a baby in his lap and uh you know I think we both had a lot of questions about that. Yeah, it's really like to describe this picture, Alec Baldwin is in a kind of 
charcoal gray polo shirt, sat on a chair with his eyes closed and Ilaria is wearing jeans and a little kind of red, red top sleeveless. And she's kind of in the fetal position in his lap with her head nestled against his, with her hair kind of covering her face. And the caption is just a heart. And my questions are just like, yeah, who took this photo? Let me see the camera roll. I want to know if there were any outtakes where maybe like one of his eyes was closed, but one of them was just like not quite all the way closed or like maybe she didn't look like kind of tiny and vulnerable enough in some of them. So she kind of scrunched up a little more. I don't know. I want to know what the like the direction was. Was this a, I mean, it wasn't, but I assume that we're supposed to believe that this was an intimate moment just caught, just a moment. <laughs> A moment in time. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's saying a lot without saying anything at all. Well, because, like, what were they really afraid of? Let's be honest. Like, he claims that he has no responsibility for this and that if he did have responsibility for this, he would kill himself. And that's So that was, like, you know, something he famously said. The only thing that he was really facing with this sort of criminal charges were was 18 months in in jail which he was never going to do like they were i don't i don't know i don't know if i like you know need to tell them this but guys you're celebrities like you were never gonna he was never gonna go to jail over something that but could have at most been 18 months no way would they have sent him to jail i wish we lived in a world like that where like you know Alec Baldwin, the actor, shoots a lady at her, you know, who's doing her goddamn job below a union rate and then has to pay the consequences. But of course he didn't. So, I mean, like, it's kind of like, what's the theater for? I will say he always looks so dead inside, like really thousand yards staring quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also like, how old is he now? He must be getting up I think he's 61 or 62. Okay. 65. Okay. And Hilaria keeps, you know, popping him out or whatever they're doing. And, you know, he did that post where he was like, I long for the opera or like, I miss the opera because he's got like, you know, all of these like really tiny children running around. And I would be so pissed off if I was at retirement age, like really, truly like able to take a step back and just like enjoy life and... I was having to raise like tiny children. Like, of course I would be knackered. 65, they're supposed to be out of the house by then. Oh, 100%. And like, not to mention like, you know, some of those kids, they can't all be right. Like, you know, his sperm's crazy. (laughs) Well, Baldwin's sperm is a little... (laughs) You know, I don't think all those those swimmers (laughs) are working with a full deck to begin with. And like maybe on her end, she's a little bit more... Maybe that's where she's, you know, doing the bulk of the genetic work there. But it's like, dude, she's a like, you know, 65. Especially, I mean, that man looks like he's... I mean, that man looks like he drinks at dawn. So I, I, I you know, I just, they got to be a little chopped and screwed if you ask me. I don't know. But when he did the surrogate, don't you need to like sober up for a few weeks to fertilize your eggs? Yeah, probably, right? Because you want to have the best quality sperm. And if you're drinking alcohol, they're going to have like low motility or whatever. And I don't know about, listen, I mean, do I really know about this man's private life? I don't think any of us do. But... I I really do think that I cannot imagine there that there is a world in which this man doesn't drink himself to sleep every night. And he certainly, yeah, he certainly would have been during the peak of the controversy. Oh yeah, well, of the murdering that he did. So his her family 
So the father uh, of her child, her husband and, and her son, they won their lawsuit or they settled out of court for theirs and their portion of, I guess, like wrongful death or whatever. What do you call it? Damages. Yeah. And so they settled out of court for their part. But then her family filed a, a wrongful death lawsuit as well, like seeking damages and his lawyers wrote back in the statement that like he basically was like she does not have a relationship with these people they're like estranged and i guess the reality of that is that like her family just lives in a different country like they okay. are just live in a foreign country like she came to america on her own when she was young and i don't think that means est estrangement no and so and i i kind of was like I know that that's important when you're like, you know, responding to a claim of that nature, but to sort of, you know, throw out, throw out anything you can. But just the idea of like him having some sort of intimate knowledge of her, you know, family life when in reality, you know, it seems like the the extent to which he knew her was that they went to dinner one night before production started. Like huh. that was something that I remember he said, like, she was a wonderful woman. We went to dinner before production started and I'm like, oh God, I'm like, you barely knew her, you know? So it's very odd to me that the lawyers are trying to claim that she, that this family that lives internationally could not possibly care for their daughter. Right. They're just not in the right geographic location. Yeah. For and, the correct amount of grief. Like what is the claim? Yeah. It it's like, sorry. Make any sense. You're, sorry. You're <laughs> grieving from Europe and this is an American thing. Like it's like, what? So I don't know, but yeah, I mean, like I, I just, I feel really bad about it. And I feel like he also has a lot of money. I don't think he's like really, you know, as much as we all joke about how all these kids or whatever are sucking up Ireland's inheritance. I do think that he probably is fucking loaded. And this should not be a difficult check for him to write, especially mm -hmm. for this person who allegedly feels so much grief and so torn up about this whole thing, like giving that like very ill-advised interview right when it first all happened. Just write the check. Right. You've got a, you've got a, a cool Millie to spare for this. You killed a lady. Yeah. I wonder what his net worth is. I don't know. I mean, like, obviously he did all those big movies. But even when you think about just like 30 Rock reruns, mm -hmm. that's a lot of money. Oh, it's staying around 70 to 75 mil. Yeah, easy. Dip your hand in your pocket. Peel a million off for the European family. Right. Anyway. Yeah, so Megan Trainer, Alec Baldwin. Oh, Blue Jacks. Oh, yeah, today. This was this week. Mm. What a week it's been. So, yes, I woke up much like today naked. <laughs> 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 and yeah free of my blue check you know it is no longer a part of me but it's interesting because like I didn't I have noticed it you know I, I kind of have been a little surprised by some of the people that I'm seeing stick around with the blue check and you know NGL like there's obviously a little bit of a cachet right everyone there was a reason why everyone wanted to be verified at one point before it became like kind of just dorky to be verified mm -hmm. but oh by the way did you notice he did it on 420 i know i was thinking about that and i was thinking god that is so classically elon isn't it like i'm sure he thinks that this is hilarious and brilliant he's um because he's so hacky like the whole thing is so hacky 
so first of all, like I, I've been a little surprised by people that are showing up still with blue checks because I'm like, oh, you pay, like you paid for it. There are some people who randomly get to keep theirs too. Did you know, by the way, that there's a discrepancy? So it's eight dollars if you subscribe through the website, but eleven dollars if you subscribe on your phone what why oh because of like apple or like app store like processing or whatever is it like the payment being processed through the app store so they have to charge oh that is so dirty and weird but yeah you know what probably yeah because apple takes a shitload so some people got to keep their blue check mark like oddly enough like lebron james was able to keep his check uh check mark but then there's a list here in an article that's from mashable of people who are paying the money. So Rihanna, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, they're all paying for that. Britney Spears, The Weeknd, Joe and Nick Jonas are also paying. Cardi B, Chance the Rapper, Coldplay, David Guetta, Shawn Mendes, and Snoop Dogg. They're, they're all paying. Ryan Reynolds, Chris Helmsworth, Hugh Jackman. I feel like I'm just reading a list of losers. Jimmy Fallon and, and Ellen DeGeneres. Chloe is the only Kardashian who is paying for it. Huh. But then, like, LeBron James, Stephen King, and William Shatner all have blue checks, but they're not paying for the blue check mark. Right. I know that Beyonce isn't either. Because why would you? Why would she? People people like, Beyonce is like, being, like, why wouldn't you, as Beyonce, pay $8? It's like, what the fuck? Like, she doesn't give a shit. She hasn't tweeted in, like, seven years. She like, doesn't even know Twitter's a website. No. I mean, she did. She was BFFs with Jack Dorsey, though. Oh, that's right. Oh, wait, hang on. Her blue check's back. Yeah, I don't know why. I thought that her relationship was with Jack was always kind of strange. Oh, Jack's tw- uh, blue check was taken away. No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He took he took away Jack's. You know, wait, is Mark Zuckerberg on Twitter? Let me see. Let me just look up that little virgin. Oh, wait. Jack's Jack's back. His blue check's back. Did um, If you click on it, does it say that he pays for it? It says, subscribe to Twitter Blue and verified their phone number. Mm. Oh, so Mark Zuckerberg is on Twitter, but he has not tweeted since January 18th, 2012. Mm. And his last tweet is, tell your congressman you want them to be pro-internet. My Facebook post is here. His his Twitter username is F-I-N-K-D. I am pro-internet. Tell them to, yeah, but I mean, like, now when you think about how insidious whatever it was, he was probably trying to get you to sign. Oh, yeah. probably like, <laughs> <laughs> when he says pro-internet, he means, I want to steal your information. Right. Um, As opposed to, like, look at this fucking meme I've just found. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, interesting. He goes, I find it funny that it's on dig that I'm here. I'm looking forward to when people can have unlimited connections on Facebook soon. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Zuckerberg's Twitter is actually amazing. Yeah, it is actually really funny. It's it's just... This is neat. This is neat. (laughs) Playing with TweetDeck. It's pretty neat. In New York... A good day. Think out. (laughs) What does that mean? In New York, think out? What does this mean? (laughs) Never thought I'd be on the boat. Oh, wow. This is... This is really funny. I'm going to retweet this. Yes, this is the real Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) Thanks for following me. I mean, it's kind of like phenomenal (laughs) that like he just literally dipped. Like, oh, let me look at his likes. It's probably all like problematic likes. (laughs) Oh, he hasn't liked any tweets. Of course he hasn't. But yeah, you know, um, tell your congressman that you want to be pro-internet. I'm, you know, I don't know. I I feel clean without my check. It's, It's really time to get crazy. You know, any part of me that was holding back before, I am 
especially not holding back now. And this has basically no impact on my life. But I think I feel freed. <laughs> you feel born anew, refreshed, like a little baby bud. It's like I lost 200 pounds I didn't even know I was carrying. Right. You know? I'm so happy for you. Look at you. One of us. Speaking of, Ozempic's trending again. And I just don't know what to do. I do not know what to do with this dialogue. I think we just ignore it. I think we do just ignore it. But I just don't... I don't know why we have to live through this. Like, it's just an impossible dialogue, you know? All sides are ugly. You know, take your medication. Whatever. Right. Okay. And anyway, blue check life. Okay. So tell me about this Matt Walsh Twitter hack. Oh, this was actually exceptionally funny. And I fear we may be lampooned by the tw- I mean thank god you've lost your blue check because I think you would lose it again for even discussing it on the podcast Matt Walsh a kind of infamous right-wing troll friends with Ben Shapiro did that awful documentary what is a woman I don't know if you ever saw that it was so bad it was so bad he's the big he's the big anti-trans Yeah, he described himself as a theocratic fascist. He believes that anime is satanic and (laughs) has pushed for the state executions of doctors who provide minors with gender-affirming care. So he's like... He's like, not great. (laughs) Is he the guy with the little hat? Oh, I don't know if he has a little hat. Maybe I'm thinking I'm another one of those terrible people, but... Yeah, he's a bad guy. I do know him as a bad guy. Yeah, he's the worst. A friend of mine and I watched What is a Woman and like had planned to get a little high and watch it and like get through it together. And what was really stunning to me is that all of the experts that they brought on, all of the kind of like the feminist experts and the kind of doctors who work with trans kids and all the rest of the kind of stuff were so incredibly articulate and passionate and like just like human and uh I think like we're supposed to watch the documentary and be like boo look at these people they're so fucking stupid but like everybody he talks to like came correct in like the best possible way so I was watching this and I'm like all of these people are making kind of incredible points so like if your point was to make a documentary that was anti-trans like I don't know. I, d- I don't think you've, you haven't really found like the worst like straw men to come and debate with. Like these are all very, very intelligent people. That you've said yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is, is with them is like, they're just so antisocial that they don't know. Like, I'm sure you can find a really crazy trans person if you tried, but like, you just don't, you think that, you know, you think they're all crazy. So you think like, oh, I'm just going to have this trans person talk and like everyone's going to be like, you know, everyone's going to be like, wow, look at this guy. And it's like, no, you're just antisocial. Like, that's a totally lovely, yeah. normal person. You're yeah. not like, and also always the um, owning the libs like clips. Sometimes I get stuck in those loops of just like really bad behavior on YouTube. And it's the YouTube shorts. And so it's like getting caught in like that, that like sort of like owning the libs thing. And whenever they think they, they own someone, I'm like, you're just being rude. Like yeah. this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this isn't the slam dunk you think it is. Right. It's like, it's usually like a 19 year old college girl who's kind of, her voice is slightly shaky and like, she's so like filled with rage that like, she can't, you know, articulate herself correctly being like slapped down by Ben Shapiro. And it's like, do you like realize like the substance of what these people are saying is actually like so flimsy? 
Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Anyway, so th- that whole documentary was that. And it's, it's ludicrous. I mean, he's on my shit list. I feel like if Gilead is to happen, Matt Walsh is going to be, like, first in line to get a handmade. That's, like, that's the vibe I get from him. Anyway, his Twitter account got hacked. And <laughs> he tweeted, he tweeted, uh, well, his account tweeted a couple of things. One was, Joe Rogan is a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another one he tweeted, at Ben Shapiro, you know what you did. You're a closeted homosexual <laughs> and hide behind being Jewish. Uh, what? No, this is great. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm rooting for him to have just been having like an episode. <laughs> So yeah, this person who hacked Matt Walsh's Twitter was a hacker by the name of Doomed, who said that the reason he did it was because he was bored and was interviewed by a wide reporter called Del Cameron, who spoke to Doomed and Doom said, the intent was to make funny tweets as Matt Walsh likes to quote trigger people. We caused no financial harm, threatened anyone, nor ruined anything. It was merely a few silly words on social media. So he also leaked a bunch of Matt Walsh's hacked emails, which were pretty benign and pretty boring. And he managed to get into his account using a quote, like insider, but also doing this like SMS, like hack thing about, I think it's maybe two-step verification, whatever it is, where you kind of spoof somebody's phone number to get into an account that maybe has that authentication turned on. Apparently Twitter had has been doing some pretty like catastrophically bad things for security and privacy of late. So like Twitter only has themselves to blame for behavior like this. Anyway, Matt Walsh got his account back and the reporter, Del Cameron, who posted this article on Wired, got his Twitter account banned. And the reason was for, quote, publishing hacked materials, even though the private documents weren't ever posted on Wired. But apparently he even just mentioning them kind of pissed off Twitter. And one of the reporters for, I think it was New York Times or maybe it was Forbes, went looking for this so-called like hacked materials page for like reporting a tweet or, or trying to find something in their, their policy in terms of service. And the page is just a 404. It just has an error message. So very weird, very, very weird. Like even just saying that the page had been hacked was enough to get your, was enough to get your Twitter account banned as a, as a, like a, from what I gather, like Del Cameron is like the, I think he's like head of like tech reporting at Wired. I think he's former Gizmodo, like has a very illustrious career in reporting on tech. So weird. Strange, yeah, that is but very not surprising. strange. I don't understand that. Is it like probably because Elon is buddies with him or something? Has to be. Has to be. Because like, as we know, like, you know, these grotesque right wing stories and shit are are getting pushed to the fore there was this really embarrassing interview that was up on the bbc the other week where it just it didn't go very well this bbc journalist was sat down with elon musk and saying well since you've taken over twitter i've noticed there's been a real like um an increase in hate speech on the website and (laughs) elon musk is like he's like he's like show me some of the tweets i want to see the tweets show me the tweets you're talking about and he's like oh they're just i'm just saying like i've seen a lot more of it you know especially on the kind of the discovery page or whatever and he's like where are these tweets you speak of i want to see the tweets now give show me the tweets 
<laughs> and people were just kind of going, oh, this is so embarrassing for the journalist because he didn't come with the receipts. And I was like, well, I can fucking show you the tweets because the other day I was getting like, like for three days in a row, I was getting served Andrew Tate's fucking tweets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, so, call- yeah. you called it. You were right about the way that this was going to go. And I think that I was a little short-sighted on how bad it would be and how quickly it would be bad. Was this the same interview where Elon said like, you know, like a lot of people don't like me anymore. And was, was that? Yeah. 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 And it's like, yeah, no wonder. Like, are you really like, first of all, do you think that people ever really liked you? Or do you think that you just came up with like kind of a cool car? I bet, but he didn't even come up with it though. Well, that's I know. And then, you know, I think that that's why people were kind of pumped on you, dude. But like, I would say that like, you know, being, being a car guy is, um, you know, even that has its limitations. It's never going to last I know, forever. And they're fucking killing people. They, they just like, they just go on fire. That's the great thing about them is they just will simply go on fire. That said, you buying Tesla stock? <laughs> I don't know how much money can I make. I might sell my principles down the river for a few money, bucks. I yeah, I, I bought in a little bit. But is that Cybertruck coming out? Where's he at on the Cybertruck? Oh, I think embarrassingly that'll probably never come out and probably for the best. I mean, the thing is as well, like I really I'm gonna make a fucking PowerPoint presentation of like all of the things that like people think that Elon's like doing for the forefront of humanity and why it's incorrect. Like the robot that can't even robot, like that everybody was like jazzed about. And it was like, it can't even fucking stand up. It looks like it shattered its pants. Like it can't walk in a straight line. Like what the fuck do you think is going on? The chip that goes in people's heads that's killed every animal it's ever been trialed on. The car that just lights itself on fire. The rocket that explodes within four minutes of orbiting. Like what has he done? What if Grimes Somebody was tell on me that. what he's done? <laughs> oh no, but I love Grimes' music. I know, but wouldn't that be crazy if he murdered Grimes? Oh, that would be such a bump a week for us here on the podcast. Dude, park. we wouldn't even know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really, I mean, I don't know. I'm worried about her. You know, I think that obviously she's always had something probably deep down pretty wrong with her, but mm. I do worry about her involvement with this man. He sounds really abusive. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know that she's supposedly with Chelsea Manning or whatever, but I think that they all like just live together. I think they're in a polycule. God, that's so weird. It is very strange. No, I think, actually, I don't think Chelsea has any involvement with Elon because, you know, Elon hates trans people. I know, which is like what's so, it's what's so odd about it is like, yeah, it's just so odd. Is that like, what a uh, conundrum that must be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking about Matt Gala at all? Wait, when is it? I think it's the first Monday of May. Oh. Is that your birthday? May the 1st. Yeah. Huh. That's nice of them. I obviously, I'm not going because I'm going to be in Portugal, but <laughs> I hope everyone has a good time. Sorry to miss it. Yeah, it looks like the uh, guest list, there's like a soft guest list that came out on Dumois of Cara Delevingne, Mindy Kaling, Billie Eilish, Penelope Cruz, Michaela Cole. Who are these people? Dua Lipa. Uh, oh, is the theme Karl Lagerfeld? Yes. Mm. Yeah. And then <laughs> I think they were they were making fun of her on FOMOB, which is a Dumois Reddit, because they had to change the name for legal reasons. But she spelled, she put Cara Delevingne De twice, but she like absolutely wrote, she wrote Care Delevingne, Delvine, Delvinge, it looks like she wrote uh. here. And they're roasting her for it. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I have a real love hate with old Dumois. I like the foam muscle. I do too. It was one of the only places online that people were normal about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. 
And they're usually pretty normal about most things that people are abnormal about, I find. Like if I have like a, if I have a take that I think is probably going to be a little spicy or even very lukewarm, there's usually a post on Fomoir that echoes that so I can remain in my delicious little echo chamber. But it's not affiliated in any way with Dumois. And I think like, I think they don't, like the kind of mods of the sub aren't even, they don't even really fuck with Dumois. I think it's just like a fun place to discuss celebrity gossip. Oh, I actually think that they hate Dumois. Yeah. They, they've been like ragging on her pretty badly lately for not letting go of this bullshit rumor that she bought into about Taylor Swift being secretly married to Joe Alwyn and has, she's really failed to just take the L. Mm. It'd be a good L to take because like, you know, obviously she publishes lots of rumors and it's okay to admit that maybe you had some wrong information. But instead of just being normal and saying like, oh, this, I guess we got some bad info or whatever. She has now taken this to, she's taken this from Taylor Swift actually was secretly married to Joe. It just wasn't a legal ceremony, which is why we're not going to see any divorce papers to. (laughs) That's not married then. (laughs) Yeah. And then we've also, she also is in this place where I think she implied that Taylor Swift is dating a race car driver now and she also like a formula one driver she also has said that taylor swift is now with an older man we talked about the older low-key man that she's allegedly with now well that's just not true because she's gay i know right i'm like (laughs) lur welcome to (laughs) welcome dumois but yeah i don't know so it's interesting by the way People are a little, they, people feel like they're getting a little bit of tea about Taylor being broken up now because I don't know if you've noticed, she's been out every fucking night of the week, if not out in the day with like the Haim girls and Gigi Mm -hmm. and like doing all that stuff. And she's squatting it up. She's someone who, you know, throughout her relationship with Joe really enjoyed her privacy and it seemed And now she's broken up with him. It's kind of amazing that she is like, like, you know, hopping on private jets, flying to London, doing a music video, coming back, going to dinner with Jack Antonoff the next night, like, you know, like going and doing a show in Miami. Okay, coming back, going to dinner with the Hamburg. I'm like, how do you have the energy? Oh, I know. I'd be exhausted. So I really feel like she must enjoy going out like that. And I'm kind of like, Baby, did did you want to be private? Was that man keeping you at home? Mm. Because this is real like opposite day behavior. <laughs> Death to him anyway. and you, Mrs. Spears. Yeah. So anyway, oh, what's next? Is Tiffany Haddish thing? Yeah, Tiffany Haddish is. I mean, she's done some really fucking. I mean, really shady shit. Yeah, she's a goddamn freak on a leash. I don't know if you've noticed. Mm. She's definitely, definitely confusing. So she went through that thing earlier this year where she settled out of court with a family who she, I believe she became friends with them through some sort of like comedy camp or something that she was volunteering at. And the family alleged that Tiffany had them make some sketch videos in which the children were doing inappropriate actions. They were being coached to do inappropriate actions that they didn't understand at the time. And now they're of a little bit of older age. One of them is a legal adult. The other one is a minor still. And 
they realized basically that they were groomed into doing these disgusting things. And I believe I've seen a censored version of that sketch and it's not great. Oh, so I think the bit is like, I'm your creepy babysitter. That's like the bit. And so it's just bad. So there was that. And then all these other things started to to trickle out. Like this clip has been passed around of Law Roach. Did you see that clip? Yeah, but there's been a whole lot of Law Roach drama, hasn't there? Because he quit the, he said he was quitting styling because of interactions with a particular person in the industry. Are we to assume that the person was Tiffany Haddish? I think that he said that, you know, he was tired of sort of the politics. Ah, okay. And I think part of the politics, it it would seem, is that a lot of his relationships were strained in the industry. And part of that was because uh, some, like, you know, damage that had been done by others to him, including Tiffany Haddish, who he had done an interview with someone where he was, you know, basically saying that he doesn't really fuck with Tiffany anymore. And the the thing that I thought was like very notable about it was that, you know, he seemed like he didn't want to be telling this story because it's such a shame, you know, and but he felt like he, you know, if asked, he was going to share it. And he sort of says that Tiffany was someone that he took under his wing when she first really started to blow up. And he really loved her, really adored her. And he always tried to have her back because like, you know, he's just like, you know, he's like, she's a black woman. I'm a black man. Like, I just want to have her back. Right. So Tiffany would come to him and say like, hey, so-and-so offered me this amount to do to wear this or to go to this show or whatever. And he would say, you know, you're getting low balled. You should ask for a better rate. And so instead of maybe going to someone and saying like, hey, you know, I've heard that like some of my contemporaries are actually receiving a a different amount I'd like to renegotiate. She'd go and be like, well, Law said that you... (laughs) Oh, Jesus. So she was repeating like, you know, that it was coming from him. And that really, he said, hurt a lot of his relationships within the industry. No shit. Yeah. And like, I can see... Tiffany just not having the sort of like wisdom or perspective to realize that like that's actually a big no-no to like walk around telling you who told you shit like that. So I could see that being a genuine mistake. There was another clip too, though, of she's the guest host on Ellen and Marlon Wayans is the guest. And when Marlon comes out there, she's like, Marlon, how come you never put me in your movies? Like you, I saw once a side that said that you were looking for a Tiffany Haddish type. And she's like, you have my number. Why don't you cast me in your movies? And like, let's just be real. That is a very awkward conversation to have with anyone, period. (laughs) That is a very like, you know, if that's a conversation you feel like you need to have, that's definitely a closed doors conversation. But it is a like, that's not something you confront someone about on the set of the Ellen show, essentially. <laughs> no. And he no. said, like, Tiffany, like, I love you. My whole family is always, I thought you were so funny. We think you're so funny, but like, you're just on 10. Like, you're on 10 all the time. You, you know, are like doing a love scene with someone and you like start farting on them. And he's like, it's just not always the time and place, Tiffany, you know, like, you just need how to like, he basically said, like, I get to act like a fucking lunatic because I've worked in this industry for 30 something years. And so I've earned the right to be a lunatic. And like, you just are coming out the gate brand new 
sort of like lacking this couth. And so, of course, we have to remember as well, Tiffany, when she first, Tiffany got a shout out on one of Beyonce's new albums where she said, like, if you're going to hang out with me, you got to sign an NDA. And then she says, like, Tiffany in the back. Because if you remember, Tiffany Haddish was the one who went on Twitter and said, like, this party's crazy. Someone tried to bite Beyonce. Uh-huh. So she's, you know, known for speaking out of out of school. And then I think there was this other story that was Issa Rae on Hot Ones. And uh, the context of why this came up exactly was I'm not 100% clear on it but I think she was probably asked something about like what is it like to work with someone like Tiffany Haddish and she tells a story that is kind of horrifying and I don't think that this was it was not designed to be flattering or like a funny story it was more one of those things where like you've experienced something very peculiar that maybe even makes you uncomfortable and so you just sort of want to like talk about it I don't know but like she describes that she had a party at her house and Tiffany sees this guy who was like an extra where he had a small part on Insecure and like she walks in and she starts like deep throating her champagne glass as soon as he like like walks in and then like you know a few hours later she's kind of wasted and she like sits down next to him and she like calls him a cuck and like asks him if he wants to be slapped and like (laughs) Oh it's one God. of those things where it's like, I, I'm, I'm kind of like a little, I guess maybe I do need to go and rewatch that Hot Ones to understand exactly why this story was brought up. But like, if someone's like, describe describe Molly McAleer's essence, and that was their review of me, I'd have a lot of thinking <laughs> to do, probably. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, and it was interesting because like, it's just obviously such an unflattering story and I don't think Issa Rae was being shady about it at all I think that like she's literally like that's Tiffany so yeah so she's she then tweeted this week she tweeted this really irresponsibly headlined LA Times article saying that what what, what exactly was the headline she also liked Andrew Tate's post that was a bit weird as well she's doing some wild little things oh yeah like what okay i got it it says jonathan major's accuser appears unhurt clubbing in video los angeles times okay like first of all i mean i don't know like have you ever have you ever been hurt when you're drunk right you know what i mean you probably don't half the time like that's not even something you would necessarily even notice right but yeah, I just, you know, what I mean, first of all, this is clearly put out by his team. Very strange of her to tweet it. Do you think that it's a thing where because she has been canceled recently that she's mm. quick to defend anyone she sends might be going through the same thing? I think that's a really good point. I think there's probably like a kind of like a persecution complex happening here, which is like maybe she feels she's being persecuted and then sees persecution everywhere she goes. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, you know, I feel bad because it's always sad to see someone, especially someone who, you know, had everything going for them in so many ways, especially the way that she did with her career Mm -hmm. fall from grace like that totally her twitter is locked down at the moment she did do a uh, flounce she was like that's it this is the last thing you're going to hear from the real tiffany haddish on here i'm leaving this place like she had she'd done like the you know 
I think the common comment and when someone does this is like, this isn't an airport. You don't need to announce your departure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That is a shame. Mm. I don't know how one comes back from a strafe run of bad decisions like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And like, you know, I think I, I just also will say that like the other thing that's that's sort of shitty is that like her career was so short lived that she's sort of kind of considered a one note type comedian, you know, or a one note actress. And would that be the case? You know, like it's you know, it's not like it's she feels impossible to replace. And so it'll be difficult to imagine she gets another chance anytime soon. I hope that Kiki Palmer gets all the roles. Me too. Me too. I love Kiki. Proud of her. It's a yeah. Yeah. So then let's see. It's not on a happy note. Oh, yeah. So where were you when you found out that Chris from Mr. Beast is now going by all pronouns and has been on hormone replacement treatment for two months? Oh, I think you told me. It's like so wonderful. I had this in our show notes a couple weeks back because we didn't get to the story. But I think it's like, you know, really kind of great that not only is because like I would guess that that's probably not the easiest group to come out as gender nonconforming in. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, all literally a bunch of like North Carolina boys who have all at one point or another said some pretty problematic stuff. Just sort of like, you know your average middle of the road ignorant white boys but and chris has even said some things that were pretty controversial in the past it's nice to see that they you know it seems like they've grown a lot but mr beast there was a creator that made a video that basically was like you know a 45 minute attack on like what is chris being trans like mean for mr beast's career <laughs> And it was like, you know, obviously it's just this like weird scare piece where it's just like, you know, it's just as like odd, like, you know, Chris should think about stepping back because he might hurt Mr. Beast's brand. And like, don't you think it's awful that Chris ruined his marriage and his son is going to be around a trans person now? And it's like, I don't even think Chris has come out as trans. I just think they're gender nonconforming. Like, but secondly, like, you know, yeah, like I think that like my... If I were to hear my gut instinct, if I was told like five years ago, one of Mr. Beast's- Yeah, totally. I think like the the young the young men who spend time on YouTube watching Minecraft videos, the Minecraft to like Jordan Peterson to like Matt Walsh to fucking like all the way to the extreme of Nick Fuentes like pipeline can happen in the blink of an eye. Like you can very easily and very quickly radicalize a, a young person basically through like a, a a few gaming videos. Like not to sound like, yeah, it's, I mean, totally. Like I am, um, I'm a big fan of like listening to like white noise and like rain and shit. And I have like a YouTube account, which is just for that. And I was like, oh, you know, I think I might do some like guided meditations, whatever. And my feed was very quickly like very right wing and very like scarily anti women and anti trans and i and it happened like I, I had no idea that it was like that it would happen that quickly so i'm not being like full on like boomer panic about it like it's very very easy for children to find themselves into corners of the internet where what i would consider and i think most civilized people would consider to be really hateful harmful views are spoken about with like just this very laissez-faire attitude 
So I'm pleased that someone with the platform, the reach, and the audience of Mr. Beast is able to talk to their audience about, I don't know, just allowing trans people to exist or gender non-conforming people to exist or even just like, just like even having like a presence. Like I feel hopeful about that in the same way that I felt really hopeful when Jojo came out. I was like, wow, a lot of Jojo's fans and watchers are not gonna be in a typical audience that may be that friendly to the LGBTQ plus community. And so this is probably gonna be challenging for Jojo, very challenging, but like the ends probably justify the means here because there'll be a lot of young people who'll find hope in that. And I'm sure that there are people even within Mr. Beast's audience right now that like could really benefit from hearing that a creator that they really admire who has a huge platform will like, you know, stand up for their friend. Hi, Tiff here. Just to let you know, we're not really quite sure what happened, but the end of this recording just got clipped off. But we love you very much. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, I won't be here. I will be having a birthday, but the formidable Meredith Lynch will be filling in and I'm sure do an incredible job. So I will see you when I'm back, when I'm 36 and the gang's getting back together. Make sure that you head over to Trend Like the Instagram because we're doing some voting on the trendies. And I'm also going to be putting up a playlist, which is like 36 songs for 36 years. If you're interested in that, we will drop a link to the Spotify. Anyway, have a good one. That look like a double G Every girl in here 10 But it ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money But it ain't no guarantee Double G's on the left Double G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013 Shawty do it for the vine Shawty moving real well I might have to wind it down Threw the money to the center Now watch it hit the flow Now rack it up huh? Rack, rack, rack it up King, bag it up huh? Stack it up, she said, where you at? Sam Marcus down to Texas And if I drop a pin, best believe that she on the Thought way. she was important, but I moved her right about the I'm way. Delta cheese tonight. Told her, baby, I got cheese tonight. Get a scholarship. I ain't smoking on no TAC, low tolerance. All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow. Like the teller. Shout out TurboTax, tax refund. What's another? Like the quarterback at recess. No rush. And you gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission. No rush. This ain't UT, white shirt, orange like a pumpkin. Mama call me, ask me how college is. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Get inspired while learning all about the unique planes of existence. Get the in-depth knowledge you need to help your combat encounters feel impactful, or learn about the origins and pantheons of every race and class the game offers. No stone is left unturned as every edition of the game is explored and explained in a way that benefits players of all different levels of experience. You can expand your TTRPG horizons in a way that's as entertaining as it is educational just by listening. All you have to do is go to your favorite podcast app or YouTube and search for The Dungeon Cast.